Welcome back to Bonded Voices. This time, the question at the table, am I living the life I should be? I'm Greg. I'm Ian. And this is Lauren. Such a fascinating topic. You really need to step back from yourself and see yourself from a distance, almost like an out-of-body experience to truly gain perspective, I think. Well, there's a lot of different ways you could take it. Are you are you living your life to where you're a benefit to society? Are you are you being challenged by society enough, or contributing to society enough to where you're a valid citizen there, or is it a personal? Uh, am I living the life I should be? Right? Am I being challenged enough there? Mm-hmm. And where are you going to be in twenty, thirty years from now? Going, did I really live the life I should have? See, I love it from the point of view, I love the question, because it's it's self-reflection. And I think you're a mature person when you live a life of self-reflection. And that's why I love going back to how this, you know, genesis of this sort of thing was New Year's Eve. Having those timelines, and you know, they just celebrated the um, Yom, um, Rosh Hashanah, which is the Jewish New Year. Having pl- times to stop restart and I think we do it the way the world's built within a week you get your Sabbath you get your day off you get your Sunday whatever day that is you get your day off and then you start the week again and it and I think that's the moment that if you have some kind of self-reflection there and ask yourself am I living the life I should be truncated to weeks make it years you know with bigger goals but I think it's important to do it so is it, it's goal oriented. So you would say I need to be at a certain place. Not only goal oriented, orient, oriented, but I think that you can look at it along the lines of let's say you wanted to be live a more spiritual life, or, or I live, want to live a more emotionally healthy life. Either of those couple of things, you know, you you'd want to set markers for yourself of how can I get to where I want to be. So you could call them goals, but I think they're, you know, I, th- I, th- I think you've just got to have a, a destination or at least a, 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 um, a direction of where you want to go. It makes me think of the questions that are often asked of youth while they're going to school. What are you going to do? What do you want to be when you grow up? Where are you going to go to school? Are you, where are you going to go to school after high school? Are you going to go to college? What are you going to those types of questions don't tend to be asked of ourselves. Once you get beyond, maybe you went to college, maybe you didn't, maybe you've got your first or second job under the belt. There's not, there's not as much dialogue of that in the world. And so to your point on the taking a, a view of, am I where I want to be? And if not, what do I need to do to challenge myself? Or better yet, yes, I am exactly where I want to be right now. Or I'm living the life that I should be. But how do I challenge myself to improve from here? Our preacher tonight actually said at our men's group, um, are you taking home a better version of yourself to your family? And I thought that was really striking, right? Because to have a better version of yourself means you have to make an improvement. Mm-hmm. For us, it's just the same old, same old that you took home. Um, and, and I think that's I, I, that really struck me because, again, that's 
into this whole idea of living the life I should be is I don't think anyone says to themselves I just want to be more of a douche tonight you know (laughs) but a lot of people are happy with just being just nothing right they're like are they happy though that's the that's contenting I think content yeah there's a lot of people that are content doing nothing doing nothing rather than being nothing well, because um, you know, when you first said being, I thought, oh, I don't know if anyone wants to, on their deathbed, saying, what a loser I was. for the Well, life. that's a different, that's that something. That was amazingly content. Yeah, doing nothing. <laughs> I well, left I mean, the world hear about no more the richer. <laughs> well, people at the end of their lives always self-reflect, and I wish I did more of this, I wish I did this, sure. I wish I did that, spent more time with my family, worked less, whatever it is, right? At the end of life, you always have that, but right now, they're content to live the life of as you just said as a douche you know it's 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 (laughs) funny because a friend of mine's father just passed away a couple of weeks ago and um during the last couple of years of his life he was fixated with his physical things that he collected and for him it was guitars like he didn't want him to touch on on a special don't touch that one when he got close to death and he knew it was coming didn't care at all about him at that point it was like mm, can't take them with me and now I understand and he realized too late how pointless that those physical things were when it push came mm. well shove um, but yeah it's I think he re- really assessed at that point was that all worth it there's so many different ways to dig into am I Living the life I should be, based on based on what criteria? Okay, so let's let's break it down, right? If if we if if we were to ask most people, you're living the life you should be. I think most people would say it's, am I living up to my potential? Am I living the life I dreamed of living? Um, am I living the life others expect me to be living, or would hope that I would be living? And generally, for the for the positive. Um, and then you know you can even throw in there what were you meant to be like destiny type things Mm, in that question that goes back to you know are you doing your part in society if you are the the Einstein the next Einstein are you contributing to science or you know what I'm done I've worked my 30 years in the education world and I'm done I don't want to contribute anymore there is a societal commitment by being one of the top minds in the world that you should hopefully want to contribute still. But if they're content, is that right for society to demand it of them? Yeah, well, it goes back. I think we covered it in one of our other episodes, right? That the society is a contract with others that you'll play a part and generally a positive part in it. Um, because, because I think, you know, when you look at the homeless situation and criminals and things like that, they're still part of society, but they're not a, a beneficial part of society. It's almost, it, it becomes a point where, I, and I imagine it with the analogy of if everyone's got an oar and we're all rowing the boat, and there's a few people who go, eh, 
I'm not rowing. Yeah, there's <laughs> enough people rowing. I'm I'm okay. I don't need to. Or the guy who just you know, rows on the off stroke. Yeah, just to piss everybody off, right? It's that that they're the sort of things that. To me, that's sort of like a microcosm of society when you get criminals, bad people, homeless, um, and that. And so, yeah, at that point, I, I don't think we could look at many homeless people and say, are they living the life they should be? Because I, I don't think anyone wishes that on anybody. Very true. Well, play devil's advocate. There could be some people that are out there changing lives as part of the homeless community. That might be providing some light in a very dark environment. Yeah, but they're not the homeless, right? So they could, be. or they could be. Uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I'd give granted. Yeah. So the so what's the question? How do you determine what your what your life should, should be? be? Yeah, the word should like. Yeah. yeah so in the English language, I, I mean that's it's pretty. So you may as so. Being on the the other side of this, what if you're you're content and you think you're, you know, all of our kids are content doing the bare minimum most of the time, right? They are in the moment, right? But I think when you look at people who reflect back on their lives and they had that parent that made them engage in yard work, made them learn how to do car things, taught them the skills, you know, for boys, the skills a man needs to know. I think we're all thankful that we had parents that made us do that sort of thing, that made us go through that critical thinking and didn't let us... Because remember, I think for children, that for them, should is video game should. Right. That was my point. So yeah. they may be content. They may think that they're, they're living the life they should be. Yeah, I think then, then then I think perspective has to come into it, right? At some point. Well, I think that's the benefit of parents helping those teenagers, right? Recognize that their perception of this is what I should be is not yet another round on this video game, right? Uh, but I'm not sure when that time frame kicks in. That maturity of that adolescent brain that teenage brain to realize there's a shift that goes on at some point in people's lives where they realize hopefully they realize it's no longer about me what's the greater good am i doing the right things and you hit on this point earlier lauren of am i touching the right people am i am i leaving my mark in this place am i adjusting people's lives am i helping people and there's a point when I think people grasp that, but I'm not sure it's during teenage years. They'll do what they're asked to do. Right. But I'm not, I don't know, I think that's part of the maturity process. It'd be interesting. To see, see I, I think for a lot of people, when you look at a child who's just been born, how healthy they are, what type of family they're, they're into, what their socioeconomic status is, where they're geographically located, would be the first assessment of what they have the potential to be at that point. And maybe even what, it's, it's in certain cultures, what they should be at that point. Right? And then I think as they get older, 
it's that gets reevaluated. They get all reevaluated. Teenage gets reevaluated. College reevaluated, or college years reevaluated, and adulthood reevaluated. And I don't know if anyone stays on that same trajectory, but you know, I, I, and it makes me think of Helen Keller because I remember reading her story and thinking to myself, how on earth can someone who's deaf and blind get so many degrees, be so highly intelligent and have such an incredible effect on the world? Mm -hmm. Because I think most people would have looked at someone, a, a, a child that, and she went through scarlet fever to the virus caused that for her. They, most people have said, you should be being looked after for the rest of your life. You're never going to be anything. Because look, you've got too many handicaps. Mm -hmm. And to overcome them and, and to just be such a, a legend for, for, for what she ended up achieving is pretty impressive. It's, it's amazingly impressive. Yeah, I actually remember there was a show, me and my buddy, when we were in our 20s, we were watching in California, and there was a couple on TV who were both blind and deaf. And they lived in New York City. They went out for walks. They did their shopping. And they did this 60 minutes thing on them. And my buddy turned to me and he said, oh, my goodness, they do more in a day, deaf and blind, than we do in a week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, uh, there was a, a gentleman that I met before his wife was giving birth to their child, and he was blind. And he had a seeing eye dog with him, and his wife was blind as well. Now, they both had hearing, was fine. Uh, but they went through the process of, they were excited for their child to be born. And I, we had a long conversation about, you know, I have my, my eyes work, my ears work. I have all of the senses and I still think that parenting is a lot. The, the fear of how am I going to take care of this child before they're born? All of those concerns. And he was completely the opposite side of the coin. He was like, oh, this is going to be great. Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll overcome this. That's not a problem. We'll do this. We've figured this out. Yeah. And just this amazing confidence that he had. And he's like, yeah, my wife and I, we're, we're good. So to your point on that 60 Minutes couple, it's it's mindset. Of, uh, yes. And I think the, I think you, you've hit the nail on the head with that question. It's mindset. Am I living the life I should be? It's mindset. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's brilliant. So should everyone that's that thing, so it, I guess as people reevaluate themselves, should everyone think I can do better? I think, I, well, I think look at our children, right? I think we would all hope that our children's path through life is I can do better. I can do better. I can do better. Right. Well, so say you're in your job for 10, 15 years, I'm doing the same job for the, for the same that whole time, do you think, well, maybe there's something better for me too? So do you try to say, I need to start acquiring skills to be a better person? I, I think there's a lot. that That's a big discussion because perhaps for someone professionally, that might check their boxes, but they might seek out, I want to donate time somewhere. I want to get involved with something outside of work that might make them feel that they are more on their path of what they should be doing. So maybe it's not so much validation 
during the workday for them. It might be outside. Maybe they're satisfied with that income. They're satisfied with what they're doing, but they're looking to expand beyond that. I think that's a great question because for each person, it's going to be a different perception of, am I living the life I should be? To your point earlier on Einstein. Sure. Yeah. If, if you are gifted with that much talent, does that person have a responsibility to do that much more during the day? It's a great topic. See, and, and I think in the world of work, we had a guy in our men's group last week who, who said, oh, you know, I don't do anything special. I drive a trash truck. And we all said to him, are you kidding? Have you ever seen a neighborhood when the trash doesn't get picked up? <laughs> yeah. Or like New York City when sure. they had the trash strike? I mean, that place reeked from New Jersey, let alone right it, there. It, it, and so sometimes those jobs that are people are like, oh, I'm just a trash guy or I oh, just clean sewers. Or you look at Mike Rowe's dirty jobs. Right. Those jobs are incredibly important. For, fun for society to function and give us the life we want to, you know, God bless those guys that they're willing to, and they're generally guys who do those jobs. Um, it's amazing. It really is. Um, and is that the life you should be living? I, I love my gardeners. I love people who do the things I don't have time to do or don't want to do. And I think that goes for those sort of jobs for sure. Well, I can remember growing up talking about different goals, professions, what have you, with my parents. And they said, we'll support whatever decision you make as long as you strive to be the best at what you choose to do. Right. And so for that particular gentleman, I think it's unfortunate that he said, I'm just, I just drive a trash truck. Um, and, and hopefully that's not, I'm not trying to take this a different direction, but hopefully that's not society looking down on him and him feeling like society oh, no, has I think been. There, I think there is. I think there's, there's definitely a side of society, and I've heard it probably since my youth, you know, something called shit jobs, you know. Um, and at the end of the day... Well, I think that was the, the what you would always, oh, you're just going to be a janitor. You're just going to be the person that cleans up. Right. right, and the janitors were always mocked in in the in the movies like yep. Porky's and Animal House. Like they always mocked the janitor, they, and so there's been a certain amount of elitist mocking of trade jobs. Mm-hmm. Hundred percent. You know, and then when you look biblically, Jesus was a humble carpenter, is how it's described. Um, and so the, it, it, there's always been this idea that Einstein was the most incredible person, or Oppenheimer, right? But Oppenheimer invented technology that has it made the world better <laughs> or worse and so living the life you should be sometimes you can be super skilled and lead society and countries down awful paths wow that that took a turn in a different direction i wasn't <laughs> thinking we were going but you're absolutely right the skill of of having the personality that people are drawn to and will follow Along with that comes great responsibility. Yeah. And we've seen it work the wrong direction through history. Absolutely. So, so it's, it really is that when we assess, like, are you living the life you should be? I think it just, it, it just opens up a myriad of questions and variables as inputs 
to that particular question. So going back to one of our earlier podcasts, the challenge of staying off the phones for three hours, I, my mind went there when we talked about this topic of, am I living the life I should be because I just logged five and a half hours of FaceTime on my phone? Not, not a, not a face to face. I think you're right, Greg. That's one of the inputs as well. Things like that are the inputs. Right. So when you're going through your assessment, thank you again for joining us on this coffee talk, as you're going through the assessments on whether or not you're living the life that you should, maybe it's evaluating this, the little things to build up to the bigger things. So let's think about this takeaways. If you, if you've, if you've got a group of guys or you just got a good friend, like where do you start with that conversation? Cause I think it's when we talk about self-reflection, also having somebody give you feedback on who you are. A friend of mine asked me at work, he said, what's my brand? Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow. And he wanted that feedback. He wanted to understand how other people thought of himself, not how he thought of himself. That was he valuable? Was he liked? Was he professional? Sure. All those things. I thought it was a great question. I've asked it a a couple of different times to different people just to see if you just get one person who's telling you one thing and one person the other. (laughs) And this is neat having the three of us talking through a subject because you don't just get that one voice that you're not sure whether they're just going along to get along. Right. Or whether they give right. honest feedback. So that would be my advice is get a couple of people, talk to them, see if they can, you know, help you evaluate your own life and, and help you with that self-reflection. Mm-hmm. I would think that anyone that feels very comfortable in their life probably could probably challenge themselves. So all great things are born in a crucible. So try to... Pressure makes diamonds. Yep. Yeah. Try to make it add a little bit of pressure and see what happens. What about you, Craig? So I, along with Lauren's statement, if, if you talk with a buddy that says, yeah, I'm just on cruise control. Hmm. Let's take him off cruise let's, control. Yeah. Let's, let's dig a little bit deeper on that. I, I think that it's our, our goal has been to, to provoke some thought. And I think this one is a great topic that you can revisit, that you can spend talking with friends also, spend some time climbing around inside your head to figure out are you living the life that you should be till next time on bonded voices we'll see you again soon